Welcome to Linux in a Shell Episode 7, Unix File Permissions and the chmod command. My name is Dan Washko, I'll be your host. And to start off, I'd like to thank Hacker Public Radio for hosting the website and these audio files. And remember, if you have not read the website, the entry for Episode 7 at linuxintheshell.org, I encourage you to do so after listening to this audio to solidify the command in your mind and to watch the example video. Okay, Unix file permissions, or Linux file permissions, because they're pretty much the same thing, operate on three basic permissions. Read, write, and execute. And those permissions are applied to three different levels. They're applied to the owning user, the owning group, and the own everybody else. So let's start by talking about the permissions. And when I talk about permissions on files, um, I'm talking about specifically files not directories in the unix world pretty much everything is a file even a directory although a directory is a special type of file um, there is a differentiation between how permissions are applied to files and to directories which i'll cover in just a second but at the level of a file the three permissions read write and execute operate in this manner read permission allows you to open a file and look at the contents of a file and look at the uh, doing an ls com ls-l command allow you to see the the permission the different aspects of the file um, so with read you can open a file and look at the contents and this information with a write permission allows you to alter or create a file allows you to alter the contents of a file to delete a file if you want to so it allows you to change that file is what it does and finally the execute bit allows you to execute a file and whether it's a shell script or a binary or whatever allows you gives you permission to run that file as a program or as a shell script those permissions differ uh, for a directory though now the read permission on a directory means that you have the ability or permission to read any files in that directory that you have permissions to read explicitly on those files. But it doesn't allow you to list the contents or to actually see those files in that directory, so to speak. To do that, you need the executable bit on a directory. Now, the executable bit gives you two things. It allows you to list the contents of a directory and allows you to change into or CD into that directory. So if you had a directory called my directory and you had read but not execute and you ex issued ls slash my directory you would get permission denied but if you had a file in there called test and you did ls the name of the direct my directory slash test you'd be able to see that file if you wanted to uh, open it with the less command you can type les less uh, my file slash test and open it but you cannot view it by lsing the directory, nor can you use a wildcard into that directory to open that file. So basically, understand that on a directory, if you want to be able to list the contents of the directory, and if you want to be able to change into the contents of the directory or to use a wildcard inside the directory, you need the executable permission on there. Read only allows you to look at a file specifically that you have ownership to look at to begin with. You have to name that file in there. Okay. Also, with read on a directory and execute on a file, you could execute the file so long as you can you specify the name of it. All right? You don't need the execute bit on the directory. Execute bit on a directory only gives you the ability to list all the files in the directory or to change into the directory. Be aware of that. Now, write permission 
on a directory operates a little differently than it does on a file. It can override the write permission on a file. So if you have write capabilities to a directory and you are, want to alter a file in that directory that you don't have write permissions to, it will ask you, say, hey, you don't really have write permissions to this file. Are you sure you want to do this? To which you have to answer yes. Or if you're like in the VI or Vim and you're trying to edit a file in there that you don't have, you'll have to provide the uh, bang to the write option that explicitly say, okay, do that. So that's what write does on a directory as opposed to on a file. With that cleared out, these permissions are applied at the owning user, the owning group, and all others. So for a single file or directory, there are three sets of permissions, one for the owning user, one for the owning group, and run for all others. So you can specify permissions at user level, group, owning, owner, owner, call that owner, group, owning group level, and for everyone else. Now there are three special permissions in, in Linux, and these special permissions are called set user ID bit, set group ID bit, and set sticky bit. And the way that these work in Linux may differ from other flavors of Unix, but uh, I believe how they work in Linux and BSD are pretty much the same thing. The set user ID and set group ID bit allow you to, these are mainly for executing a, a, an application or a script, a program or a script. What that does is if you're going to execute that, you execute it and it's executed as either the owning user or the owning group. All right, so if the uh, set user ID bit is on a file and you run that and you have the executable ability to that, when you run that, it'll run as the owning user. And if it's set at the group level, it will run as the owning group. Used to have to do this, I forget what the, which one it was, but there used to be some old uh, Samba directory browsing utilities or GUI-based Samba applications that I believe required you to set some of the Samba stuff as a set UID bit uh, on the uh, root user so that when you executed the Samba command that the uh, GUI application required and ran Samba stuff as the uh, as a root user so you can mount Samba directories and stuff. I think that, that was long ago. That was back in the day. Um, now, the set sticky bit allows you to... Um, what that does is when you set the sticky bit on a directory, that what that does is override the uh, directory execute or write option. What that does is any file in there, you can only delete that file if you are the owner. If you are not the owner, you cannot delete or alter that file when the sticky bit is set on a directory. And I guess I didn't, I didn't specify this, and I'm going to say it now. Generally, the sticky bit is set on directories, not on files, but generally on directories. And a great example is the uh, T temp directory. So if you do an ls-ld slash tmp and look at the uh, values on your temp directory, it'll come back and report the values as being read-write execute, read-write execute, read-write t, and the sticky bit is set for all others on that directory. So even though you have read-write execute capabilities in that directory, you can't delete a file that is owned by somebody else. So that overrides like the directory write bit in that case. Um, little information there about specifying the uh, ls-l command. When you're looking at that to view a file's permissions or a directory's permissions, you'll notice that um, you either get 
you'll get uh, read write x, read write x, read write x, or some derivation in there. If you don't have the permission, it's just a dash. And uh, those three sets, that's 12, I'm not, not 12, that's nine columns right there, those three sets. But you'll notice there's one leftmost column that could be a dash, a D, or some other letter. That That's telling you the type of file that you're looking at, the type of file, whether it's just a file as a regular dash, um, whether it's a directory as a D, uh, there's character file, which is a C. So understand what that means, that, that leftmost column right there, that first column that you're looking at. All right, so now we kind of have a better understanding of the Linux file permissions. What if you need to change them? That's done by using the chmod command, change mod, or some people call it change mod, or chmod chmod, chmod command, however you want to say it. Basically, the chmod command is short for changing the mode bit. So it's changing the permission bit. Very simple command to use. It takes two parameters. One is the permissions that you want to set, and the second one is this, where you want to set those permissions, be it a file, group of files, or a directory. Now, there are two ways that you can specify the permissions. One is in symbolic mode, which is probably the easiest for new users, and the other one is in octal mode, which is my preferred mode, is not that difficult to use, and is uh, a little more short form or precise, I think. Um, not that symbolic mode isn't precise, but we'll cover octal mode in just a minute. So I had specified that there are three groups, user, owning user, owning group, and all others. That's U-G-O. We specify U equals owning user, G equals owning group, and O equals all others. There's a, there's a fourth way that you can specify, and that's A for all or everyone. So it's U-G-O-A is what to remember. U for user, you owning user, G for owning group, O for others, and A for everyone. All right, so you specify that by by passing to it in symbolic mode um, one of those values, U, G, O, A, and then either using equals, plus, or minus, and then the permissions. So then if you wanted to specify, like, um, the owner has all permissions. It would be chmod u equals rewrite rwx and then the file. Now again, r equals read, w equals write, x equals executable. I don't think I specified that in the beginning. r equals write, I'm sorry, r equals read, w equals write, x equals executable. So again, to give the owning user all permissions, read, write, and execute. It's chmod u equals rwx, and then name of the file. Now, if you wanted to specify all three different group permissions, for instance, you user, owning user, you wanted to give all permissions. Group, you only wanted to give read and execute, and all other users just read. It would be u equals rwx, comma, g equals rx, comma, o equals r. That would give owning user all rewrite and execute permissions, owning group read and execute permissions, and all others just read permissions. Now you can specify, instead of equals, you can add or subtract permissions by specifying like u 
plus r um, asterisk dot log would give every would give the owner read permissions to all the log files if they already didn't have it. Subsequently, you can do the same thing with the minus, which would be to remove a permission for that group. So, symbolic takes the use of UGOA, owning user, owning group, all others, or everybody, and provides one of the permissions, R equals read, W equals write, X equals execute. Now, the other special permissions I talked about, sticky bit and set UID and set group ID, their symbolic representations are T for sticky bit, S for set UID or set GID bit. So if you wanted to set one of those values, you can do that. But I think a better way to kind of set those values, the symbolic, special symbolic values, special values, is to use octal mode. And octal mode is very, very simple once you get it down. It's, it's just it's really dead easy to think about. Octal mode is using uh, the octal values of those permissions and providing for um, each group, each set, the octal value. So you sum up the octal values of each individual per permission for that group. It's going to be a value of 0 to 7. So read permission equals 4, write permission equals 2, and execute permission equals 1. So if you look at that, if you look at that and read the values octally, so you have the leftmost of the three, read, write, and execute is read. Write and execute, the first one all the way to the right, execute, is either 1 or 0. The middle one, write, is a value of 2 or 0. And then the third one, read, is a value of 4 or 0. So remember that, counting octally, 1 or 0, 2 or 0, 4 or 0. You look at those values, read, write, and execute, it's either going to be one of those three values or zero. So you add them up. So if you had all three permissions, read, write, and execute, that would be read, which equals four, plus write, which equals two. So that's four plus two, plus execute, which equals one. So that's four plus two plus one equals seven. That gives you the full value, read, write, execute, seven. If you just had read and execute, that's read, which equals four, write, which is not set, which equals zero, and execute, x, which equals one, so that's four plus zero plus one, which equals five. If you add read and write, but not execute, that's read, which equals four, write, which equals two, and execute, which equals zero. So four plus two plus zero equals six. So that gives you a value of six. Now you specify one of the, the octal value for each of the owning user, owning group, and owning or everyone else. So in, unlike the symbolic mode where you can you can specify either everyone or one or two people and, and, and switch it like that, in octal mode you're going to specify the full list of permissions for everybody. So if you wanted to give the owning user all permissions, the owning group read and execute and everyone else just read, those values would be chmod 7 for all permissions, and then 5 for read and execute on the owning group, and then 4, which is just read on everyone else. So once you get the octal representation down, it's pretty darn easy to set the octal values right away. Those three special permissions each have an octal value too. That sticky bit 
which is primarily put on directories, like I said, is 1. The octal value of that is 1. The group set UID bit octal value is 2. And the user set UID bit set UID bit octal value is 4. And those occupy the fourth, or actually the leftmost, fourth bit, the leftmost bit. So if you're counting from right to left, an octal that's column one is for everyone, column two is for the owning group, column three is for the owning user, and the fourth column is for those special permissions. Now, that fourth column is optional if you're not setting a special permission. If you're not setting a special permission, the value is zero. So you can either put zero or you can leave it empty. Now that's important to realize, okay? Why can you leave it empty? And it just ignore it. It sets it to zero, those values to zero. Understand that that applies for the whole thing, all right? Now when I said that you need to specify the, the octal values for uh, UGL, that's very important because if you don't, okay, it starts to apply those values to the rightmost bit, so the first bit, uh, first group, and then it moves forward. So if you were to only specify chmod 7 some file, what that sets the permissions to is it sets 7, read, write, and execute permission to everyone. All right. So the owning user doesn't have any permissions, the owning group doesn't have any permissions, but everyone has read, write access. It's equivalent to saying chmod 007 on that file. And if you did like 2 and 7, you would get the same thing. You would get owning user, no permissions. Owning group has write permissions. Everyone else read, write, execute. That would be the equivalent of saying chmod 027. So be aware of that. You need to at least specify for those three groups, UGO. Special bit, the fourth one, is optional. So that's it. That's basically permissions in a nutshell. Very simple. There are a few flags that you can use in conjunction with the chmod command. Probably one of the most useful ones is the dash capital R or dash dash recursive, which will set those permissions um, at on all files and directories and in subdirectories underneath that directory or where you currently are. Um, so be aware of that, that it will do that recursively. And a lot of times I've used that for certain things. Uh, if you do that at the root level, it will change your root file system permissions as long as you're the root person running it as root all the way. There's an option in there, a flag called dash dash preserve dash root, which will not operate recursively on the root directory. That's not set by default, okay? If you, as root, do chmod 666 slash root, you're going to change all the permissions in that root directory so everybody has read and write and no executable permissions on every single file. Uh, if you tried to do that with the dash dash preserve dash root, it would prevent you from doing it. I don't recommend messing around with it anyhow. There is an option, dash dash no dash preserve dash root, which uh, is the default, which doesn't preserve root. All right, so just be aware of that. Default doesn't preserve root. When you issue the chmod command, you generally won't get an output, but you will get um, a response if there's an error. If you want to see what's being done, there is the dash dash verbose or dash v mode. Now take 
Taking into consideration, chmod-v, uh, unlike a lot of commands, doesn't give you the version. It goes into verbose mode. If you want to see version, it's dash dash version. But the dash v will tell you exactly what it is doing with all the files that it processes. So if it changes a permission, it tells you what it changes it to. If it doesn't change a permission, it tells you that it didn't change a permission. So that's verbose mode. If you only want to see what changes are made there's the dash c or dash dash changes which will only report any changes it makes so if it doesn't change the permissions on a file or directory it doesn't report it to you but if it does you'll see what it changed it'll tell you what it did uh, and finally there's the dash f or dash dash silent or dash dash quiet mode which will suppress pretty much every single error message that could be thrown by chmod if you don't have the uh, if it throw, if it catches an error or you don't have permission to do something um, so chmod file permissions pretty basic thanks for listening remember support hacker public radio if you haven't checked out the website for this write-up do so uh, my name is dan i thank you very much and have a great day You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.